Welcome into Defeating the Curse. FP, joining me tonight, your LP. We uh, have week 12 almost in the books. Uh, it's been a super long week 12. It seems like it's gone on for 14 days. Uh, but tomorrow should be the end of week 12. The big news is the Washington football team on Thanksgiving crushed the Dallas Cowboys. FP, how awesome was that game? Rank it on your Thanksgiving games um, in, in your lifetime. So th- there's really only one other game that you can compare it to Thanksgiving-wise, and that's 2012 RG3. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say this past Thanksgiving game was better than the 2012 game. Um, 2012's game, it, it was sort of like in the middle of the hype, right? We were already kind of steamrolling the wins, and everything kind of looked like it was clicking. Everybody was buying in on RG3 and everything. And that was just kind of like the exclamation point on something so amazing. This year, this was a win. The Steelers, Ravens got postponed. So everybody kind of was focused in on this game. And this was a win that I would say confidently all three phases of the game were elite in, in my book. Right, Everybody was playing exactly how they needed to play and we looked like a solid team with great leadership no bogus mistakes nothing like that and it was a win that like the team the players and like the franchise was like craving like needed and this was like needed after like the end of the Gruden era and after the Kirk Cousins thing and after the Trent William and Bruce Allen like like there was just so much crap that we were watching that like Everybody Washington football wise needed to see this to kind of like take a step back, take a deep breath and be like, you know what? All right, Ron, I see you. I see what you're doing with this team. I see that. Yeah, there's some growing pains, but you know what? This is a product that the fan base hasn't seen in so long. Like even the Mike Shanahan RG3 era, there was a lot of mistakes being made. And a lot of stupid things. And there's mistakes being made now. But, like, overall, it was just – it was like watching a Steelers game, right? It was like watching a Seahawks game. It was like watching one of these, like, amazing franchises that just show up on primetime and, boom, drop a 40 bomb. I've never seen that before. The big difference to me was that in 2012, we had started to steamroll. I think we were about two games in. The Vikings game is really the start of the turnaround for for the, the Redskins at the time. This year, it's like we know we may win a division, but who cares? Because we're going to get boat, ro- boat raced in the playoffs. So while it was nice to see, and I think the big thing with this game was that we started to see Ron Rivera's vision clicking. We started. This was the first game of the year that we really saw all three phases of the game click: offense, defense, special teams. You know, Alex had a had a fantastic game. Just just all around, we actually looked like a, a legit football team. Where in 2012, we had already established that legit football team, and we were. it was the season where it was, it was, wow, we may actually go somewhere in the playoffs this year. And it was the start of, like, the super hype in 2012, which ended in a disaster, but right. could have ended, honestly, without the injury, could have ended in the Super Bowl, at least appearance. The, the most realistic where, where it, chance, yeah. Yeah, the most realistic chance we probably had in in our Lifetime. teenage to adult adult lifehood. Right. Uh, right. 
this year it was, you know, it, it, it was more of the, we see the future is bright. We see Ron Rivera's vision start to work. And then we see, you know, a, a division title within reach. But again, we win a division. So what? We're going to get vote raced in the playoffs. doesn't matter who we're playing. Um, we've, we've got zero chance. But right, well, we, we live in the moment. And right. You know what? It, it, it was a good win. Let's celebrate it. Let's, you know, Antonio, Antonio Gibson is, is a grown man. And, and oh, his, yeah. his, his performance was spectacular. Best performance right. we've seen at a running back in since, what, Alfred Morris? Maybe even, you know, before that. Just, just fantastic on, on his part. And then um, to see, you know, the defense start to click. Montez Sweat getting a touchdown. So Ryan Kerrigan-esque against the Giants in 2011, I think it was. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Overall, I mean, it was it was absolutely the best game I've watched um, in what three years from the from oh, the, the, the franchise. Easily. And I think the the thing is like you you hit a few talking points there, right? So while it was an amazing game to watch, I think what made it that much more amazing for us as a fan base was seeing Antonio Gibson elevate his game and seeing him have like you could you could see from the start of the game to the end, like his vision get clearer, his cuts get better, his runs get more decisive. You could see the defense gelling, right? All those first round picks gelling that quote unquote number one pass defense, right? That somehow we're ranked. I I don't know if we're still ranked that, but like you saw, like even though Darby got burned, like you saw them as a unit sort of like settle in and make it that much harder. And, and what we're witnessing now, and this is, this has become magnified after watching the, the Eagles versus the Seahawks. We're seeing our draft picks and all our, our, our draft stock sort of paying dividends now. And a lot of teams in the league can't say that, right? Like they can't say going four years back, oh, this draft pick is doing something. Oh, this draft pick is doing something. Like we can go back a good four years, maybe three years and be like, you know what? Like, the the players that we took were, were hitting on them now of course there's some the, there's some gaffes like the major one being Dwayne Haskins but scary Terry and AG and Sweat and Chase and Payne and Ioannidis uh, when he's healthy and and settle stepping in for him like all these guys that we drafted mid round picks first round picks whatever seventh round picks in Moreland we're seeing productivity from them and and it's almost like how can you question the coaching staff? We, we on this podcast, we question the coaching staff a lot, but how can you question this coaching staff or JDR or Ron Rivera, anything and being like, you, you can't question them because we're actually seeing productivity. We're actually seeing real football play on the field. And, and it's so refreshing to see like through the growing pains that we saw in the start of the season, every game, you can see a little bit improvement of course, there's mistakes. Of course, Alex is going to throw stupid interceptions, whatever. But you're seeing consistent improvement as long as well with like no coaching mistakes. And that's something we saw from Mike McCarthy. A lot of stupid coaching decisions. Right. And and it's just kind of just it was refreshing to watch this team kind of just go out and get their job done, which like that's that's a big yeah. ask that we've had. And I think the biggest improvement you saw really was 
I hate to go back to it, but once Alex Smith came in, into the into the season, the offense started to gel, right? To give the defense a little bit of a break. Now the defense is playing spectacularly better. You see Antonio Gibson being able to run the ball. The offensive line is clicking, even though we've played um, musical chairs on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They're still doing better. Alex is getting the ball out fast. All, all those types of things are starting to happen. And where you didn't really see that, obviously, with Dwayne, and then saw a little bit with Kyle, but, but still lots of deficiencies there. But now with a, a competent quarterback, you can see what this offense is. You see all the pre-motion snap that right. is um, that's run in the offense. Um, and it, it's like, again, I, I go back to it. We actually look like a legit football team now. We look like a team that can compete against anybody. I'm not saying we're going to win, but we can actually compete. Where in previous years when we were bad, I mean, we were getting we were getting crushed. I mean, it was I mean, it was not a competition, right? It was game over after the first quarter. Right. But now you see, we're just starting to look like a real football team, and I and I cannot emphasize that enough how great that feels, knowing that this is Ron's first year. We've got plenty of room ahead of us, and we're only going to get better. Right. And I mean, that's that's kind of what you're banking on is that the ceiling is much higher than we've ever seen it before. And Alex Smith, particularly just having a higher football IQ, like forget physical abilities for a second, just a higher football IQ and actual leadership in the huddle, calling protections, changing it up, getting the ball out quick, making your offensive line look a lot better than they are. Like things like that are just, it's just so refreshing. And then on top of that, it's like Ron Rivera and, and I'm not a medical expert by any means, but it's almost like now that he thankfully has finished his treatment is, is, is more rested. And and you can almost sort of see like that focus kind of like being fine tuned, laser focused into the team. And you can almost see like the life, coming from the coaching staff because of that. And like, I'm, I'm assuming I'm, I'm just going to take a wild guess. Like he's in the coaching room or, or he's and he's in practices and he's like, come on, Scott, like open up the playbook. You got Alex, like let's get creative. And then you see fumble Ruskies and you see Logan Thomas passes and you see, you see like a fun offense, right? It's, and that's the thing. Like we have a fun offense or we have the capability to have a fun offense, right? You got the long bomb with, with Terry, you got AG making his plays. You got McKissick, who somehow, some way, is an amazing third down back, which we were knocking on it two weeks ago because he had like 30 catches. But he's an amazing third down back. We're converting third downs. And and we're sort of having fun. And I think that the, the players are sort of buying into Ron Rivera's message, where it's like, do what I say. You'll get the praise. It'll feel good. Just trust the process. And I think that's actually what's happening. And you can almost see like the – the belief in the players translate to on-field play. Yeah, let, me, let me just read you off some stats I saw today. Um, highest pass rush rate win as a defensive tackle. Jonathan Allen, number eight. Highest run block weight win rate as a guard. Brandon Sheriff, number two. Uh, highest run stop rate as a defensive tackle. Deron Payne, number 10. Highest run block rate as a center. Chase Rullier, number three. I mean, when was the last time we had any players, individual players, individual accolades on any of these lists? Finally, things are starting to click. We're winning in the trenches. Um, 
Terry, Scary Terry has, has got to be top five receiver in the league, top ten maybe. I mean, he's number um, one in receiving yards right now, right? He is, but I mean, I'm I'm not taking him over DK Metcalf, or I'm not taking him over some of some of these other. I guys, I, I honestly it, it, would it, take him over DK. I would. We can have a debate over that one. <laughs> I mean, he's he's definitely not the best receiver in the league. He's awesome. He is. He has the potential to be. He, he has the potential to be what so Antonio good. Brown was that the 2017 on the Steelers or whatever. He um, has that potential. Antonio Gibson, most touchdowns by a rookie. Um, I think he's up there most touchdowns by a uh, by a running back. I mean, we're just seeing all these things start to click. We're getting players who actually know how to ball. Uh, um, we're getting you know back end guys. Jeremy Reeves playing safety, who's who's playing pretty well. Um, Cameron Curl coming into his Cam own. Cameron Curl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, Cam Curl was a sixth or fifth round pick, maybe fourth round. Doesn't matter. I mean, he's playing meaningful minutes. He's playing a, a big time position. To be honest, you don't even see a drop off. I mean, with Landon Collins being out, where's the drop off? You, you can, don't really see that. Can I say something really jinxy? No. Real, it's really jinxy. No, I don't want to hear it. You know what I'm going to say. The injury bug hasn't really been there for the Washington football team. And we did do yes like, and no. An entire... Who's playing left tackle? Who's playing left tackle? Okay. Lots of injuries. Who? Where's Landon Collins injured? The, the yes, difference yes, is yes, but like we're, those we're those are like real. The, those we're are real injuries. Care of the bodies during yeah. the, you know Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday. But like our injury report isn't like oh my toe hurts, oh possible ankle sprain, oh possible <coughs> thigh tightness or whatever. Like the I I think. The team as a whole is taking care of themselves more, and I think it's because they're buying into, hey, looking at this schedule moving forward, looking at the crap that is the NFC East, looking at what we can actually do if we try to win out, right? Like, try every game to play our best. Like, they have meaningful December games ahead of them. I think as a whole... The players and everybody, they're just taking it more serious, and, and we haven't seen that in a long time. Just the, these guys being damn athletes. being It's culture. It's culture. Yeah. It's culture, exactly. and that's what Ron Rivera brings. Now, let's pivot to the NFC East because let's make it clear. Carson Wentz stinks. Daniel Jones is injured. Andy Dalton stinks, right? Those are the three other teams that are in the NFC East. Um, we may have probably equal equal schedules to the rest of the, the division. I think six wins probably wins the division. Is it in reach? I mean, we have a tough schedule ahead of us. So we can go down. We have the Steelers on Monday, then the Niners, the Seahawks, Panthers, and then the Eagles, right? So we don't really play. The Eagles is the only other NFC East team that we that we play. So is, like, is, the, can... is the division t- t- title in reach? I, I want to say you can say that the Eagles game is winnable, but then again, that defense is, is better than the offense significantly. Yeah, I will defense, say, I, I will say I'm with Alex Smith. There's yeah. going to be turnover. There's going to be people who are pissed that Carson Wentz is benched. Um, right. I mean, and you, you hit, you hear like hot seat talk 
about Peterson. You hear like he doesn't want to talk to Lori and like in the GM and any of that. Like they have their own dysfunction, which works in our favor. But Peterson couldn't move his whatever ankle or foot or mm-hmm. knee. They moved him inside, right? So yeah. there's they have injuries. I think the only thing that you don't want to see is you don't want to see Jalen Hurts first start against us the last season, last game of the season. <laughs> Hopefully that's not the case, but um, looking at the games before that, like it might be the homer in me, but I think we can go toe to toe with the Steelers. I think Steelers are undefeated. No, I, and I get that, but again, Connor's probably not being probably not going to play, right? And then Juju hasn't had the best season, right? And then. I don't know, like whoever their tight end is or whatever. Like their offense doesn't scare me outside of Big Ben's playmaking ability. Big Ben is older, still hard to take down, but I like Chase and Montez versus Big Ben more than I've liked any other time we've faced the Steelers, right? Like I'm Look, not afraid of the Steelers' a- offense. What I'm afraid of is the Steelers' defense. And this is probably they're probably going to be the toughest defense we faced all year. And I like that'll be your true test to Alex and to AG and to Terry and to all those guys, because that is a scary, scary defense. But again, I think we can make it a closer game than it would have than I than I would have said it would have been three weeks ago. But it is a Monday night game or a Monday afternoon game now. 5 p.m. Um, that's so weird. That's a weird time. I, I want to know what, like, where do they come up with these times? Like, why are the Ravens and the Steelers playing at 3:40 p.m. Eastern tomorrow? That's so odd. Because like, of the Rockefeller just... Center Christmas tree lighting. That's legitimately really? what the reason is. Yeah, NBC wants to show because I believe it's an NBC uh, game. It's a, it's a TV thing. It's an NBC game because they're supposed to be Sunday night football on Thursday night for Thanksgiving, and they don't want to reschedule the Rockefeller tree lighting. So they had to play earlier. Uh, Stupid. So then why would the why would this are, are the uh, the football team and the the Steelers are they a Fox game? Should CBS game? I, it's a Fox game, but I I think you is can't. it because they can't compete with Monday Night Football? Exactly. So you got to play earlier, so you're done before Monday night. I like the I like the Monday night double headers at seven and ten. Eastern. I love it too, and I, awesome I love to I love Wednesday night football tomorrow. I <laughs> mean, or Wednesday afternoon football tomorrow, but um, yeah, I'll take football anytime. But yeah, back to the schedule. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm not I'm a homer, but I'm not stupid. I'm I'm chalking up the Steelers as a loss. I'm chalking up the the Seahawks as a loss. Potentially, I'm chalking up the Niners as a loss. I think you the get Niners are getting healthier. You would assume that Ron is gonna. You can it's assume Ron's going to be uh, he's going to be extra motivated against the Panthers to kind of have a good game. So maybe that one kind of goes ticks in our favor. I think the Panthers and the Eagles are both the winnable games, and that gets you to six wins. And and maybe that's all that's needed. I don't know what the Eagles and the and the Giants' schedule is. I could probably pull that up um, here, but I think the Giants are pretty easy. The Eagles do not have an easy schedule. I think I they mean, have like the Packers, the Vikings, the somebody else. Like they have some hard games ahead of them. Maybe the Saints. The, the Eagles have the Packers. That's a loss for them. They have the Saints on the 13th of December. I don't know if uh, Drew Brees is going to be back for that or not, but either way, Even it's like a loss. Yeah. 
Yeah. The Cardinals, that's a loss. The Cowboys, they could win the Cowboys. And then it's us, last game of the season. So, really, it may come down to that to that game. It's true. Look at the Giants. They have, I think, just a favorable, just as favorable as us but with who they play. The big thing is, how long is Daniel Jones going to be out for? He's definitely not uh, playing this week. Yeah, but honestly, I think Colt's going to do probably better than what Daniel Jones All right, was. so they have the Seahawks. That's probably a loss. They have the Cardinals. That's probably a loss. They have the Browns. That's probably a loss. They have the Ravens. That's probably a loss. And then they have the Cowboys. So they may only get to five. True. And then so really the Cowboys, you need, I, don't, I don't even want to look at the Cowboys because uh, Really, you would need that done. Panthers game. It really would come down to Niners or Panthers for us. Ooh, Niners the have the Ravens. That's a loss. They have the Bengals. They could win that. They have the Niners. They have the Eagles. And then they have the Giants. Damn. The Cowboys have the easiest schedule. Yeah, but they also have the most injury and the most weakest defense. And the, probably the stupidest coach. Absolutely the stupidest coach. <laughs> yeah. Mike McCarthy should be uh, should be uh, handed a, a, a turkey leg from the Washington football team for that. Oh, yeah. He made... Oh, he made yeah. Some stupid, those, dumb those decisions. Those two fourth down decisions were, were game-turning for us. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, staying on the schedule a little bit longer, the Niners could be a, a game we can win because of COVID and scheduling issues and Santa Clara basically saying no professional sports so that they can't oh. even – be in their, in their training yeah but i'm saying yeah. they don't get their practice field their training facilities anything they don't get anything they're they're just kind of out on their own yeah themselves right yeah which could yeah. work in our favor that's crazy to think about it why would i mean we're not going to talk covid here but let them play football like every other city is playing football just let them play professional football cancel everything else like that doesn't make any sense I mean, what? I mean, there's I think, no other professional sport gathering that's really occurring right now for Santa Clara to say no, right? Do they have any college teams? I'm sure they do. Stanford, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, USC or something? Uh, not USC. I think they're in LA. Pasadena. But it doesn't matter. I mean, what are they, they going to make the Niners when they get back quarantine for 14 days? Like, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of things that don't make any sense these days. Would you be surprised if we did get the East, right? And we'd 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 have to sort of look at like playoff rankings and seeding. Who do you, like? I'd be curious to see who we would be hosting if we did win, and then our matchup to that team because well, it'd be a wild card team, right? Because we would right. we would have won the East, so we'd be playing a wild card team, right? So we'd be like the four seed or whatever. Which could be like what, possibly the Seahawks or the Rams. Or right. It could be a really difficult Tampa team. Bay. Or, yeah, exactly. Or, or it could be like maybe the Vikings sneak in or something like. That'd be a story. I'm right. Like, the Vikings sneak in. <laughs> but that that would be cool to see. Kirk Cousins comes back to DC to play a playoff game. That would be cool to see. But I mean. Oh, dude, I'll, that would be awesome. The the story is, three weeks ago. Even the talk of this seemed so far fetched, right? Like there, yeah, the, the division always seemed in reach because no one has ever run away with it. The, the division but, seemed in reach, but the the 
the strength that we're now sort of seeing the Washington football team have and or kind of seeing them come into their own and stringing together back-to-back wins, which, I mean, granted, that, that Bengals game was a lot harder than it needed to be until we took Burrow out, but, I, I mean, you, you, it, it could just be how deprived we are and how thirsty we are as a fan base, but, like, I'm a little excited. I'm not going to lie. How much of this changes on uh, Monday at uh, 8.40 p.m. when the game's <laughs> over and the Steelers boat race has <laughs> So here's the question. Let's say we lose to the Steelers, but it's not a boat race. Let's say it's a heartbreaking loss. That's a good thing? Are you happy with that result? I'm I'm happy with competing, right? To me, it's not about the season. It's about building for the future. And if you could compete against the best in the league, I'm happy. So if it. you're if you're within a touchdown score differential, yeah, you're I'm, happy. I'm happy with it. Yeah, yeah I, I like, it. like I said, I'm chalking up the Steelers, the Seahawks, and the Niners as a loss. I think the Niners could be a toss up. But I tell you what, though, if we beat if the can, Steelers, I am full oh, on. <laughs> I'll, you can, I'll you can yeah. buy your hat, right? NFC East champions, yeah, 2020, absolutely. Pandemic champions. <laughs> yeah, but. I just I always go back to Monday Night Massacre, Jason Campbell, Steelers, where Pittsburgh pretty much took over the stadium, which we know is not going to happen this year. But I'm sure if there were fans, they would, again, take over the stadium. That's a different um, Monday Night Massacre. The real, the real Monday Night Massacre was the, the Eagles game. but <laughs> uh, this, this was the original Monday Night Massacre. And then there was a part two, which was worse than part one. <laughs> So, I mean, all right, let's, yeah, let's... Isn't every Monday night game for us a Monday night massacre? Yeah, but that's the thing. I want to know what Ron's primetime or Monday night records are. If my memory serves me right, I don't think it's that good because I feel like every time I've seen a Panthers game when Ron was the coach on primetime, they weren't winning. Would you, would you consider Thanksgiving primetime? I would. It was the highest rating um, NFL game this year, which is crazy, crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean it was it was prime time, and it's Dallas, Washington. But on also, but it's that four o'clock window that kind of removes the prime time feel. And I mean, granted, we don't have any night games, and and we suck at night games. And it's probably because like I don't think the players know how to like time out their day to get rested, like fed, conditioned, whatever before eight o'clock kickoff like i just don't think they know how to do that so like uh, we didn't did we not have a uh a sunday night game this year no we the, thanksgiving was our first quote-unquote prime time and then the steelers game being flexed to monday is I thought our first everyone has a sunday game no not us. sunday night no <laughs> not our crap team <laughs> well i kind of like it please put us at one o'clock every every sunday that's what i prefer so so I, so, tell me yes or no. Is the division in reach today, December first? Is the division in reach? Yes, 100%. It is still within reach. How much are you betting on it? Um, max hundred dollars. What's your bet? You only have a hundred dollars to spend. Eighty-five. Wow, it's pretty yeah. bullish. Pretty, I'm I'm pretty bullish on him right now. That 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 Cowboys game made me very bullish. But yeah. there's still a few things, and like I, w- I want to like kind of take a second to dive into it. 
there's still a lot of corrections that need to be made on the team. And one glaring one to me is not per se Alex Smith, but the the savior theory that he sometimes has, where if we're not playing from behind, you don't have to worry about it. If we do fall behind, aka against the Steelers, he has been making some like really odd Alex Smith interceptions, and I just want to see that get cleaned up. On the defensive side of the ball, I don't really have any issues. I think they've sort of shored up the linebackers, and then everybody in front of them and behind them are kind of playing good enough to to make that a, a moot point. But Alex Smith and those interceptions would be my only thing that I want to see actually corrected immediately. Look, I mean, he, he's still getting back in rhythm. He's still, I think, re-understanding NFL speed. And this is only, what, his third game or right. something like that. Um, I, I think as long as he has a clean pocket, you don't have to worry about it. As soon as that pocket starts to collapse, and so, as soon as any defensive line starts exposing our offensive line, that's when we have to start worrying. When, when Alex is under pressure, bad things happen. Um, it's you know check down Charlie. Now I will as, say as long as our as long as the line is is good and can you know hold up on their own, then he's been pretty good. I will say you you can almost tell that Alex and Scott Turner are talking more, and they're more on the same page than we've seen Scott Turner with any of the other QBs. And that to me, that's is, just is because good. Alex is intelligent. Right. And, I and, and like I think super he's, intelligent. He can pick that, up things very fast. And, and I think Scott understanding like a check down to JD McKissick is that's part of our run game, right? It's a pass, but that's our run game. And I think he's understanding like that can be like, if you're trying to balance out run plays and pass plays, you can almost chalk that into the running column of our play calling. And I think once that kind of clicked for Scott Turner, you saw the offense kind of gelling a little bit more. Yeah. I want to see Logan Thomas throw the ball more. I I thought that was a fantastic play. I mean, former QB. um, And, I mean, he's he's got an arm, right? Let's do some more trickery with him. The the fumble ruski was cool to see. Probably don't want to see that again. But him throwing the ball? I want to see it at least once a I game. Like that. I want to see like a, a, a pseudo Taysom Hill offense. Just no one knows what to do when Logan Thomas is, is back there. Yeah, right? Just Let's just one wrinkle trickery. a game is kind of all you can ask for. Yeah. yeah. The other big thing is um, D-Hop, right? D-Hop is back. D-Hop had a huge game. Um, didn't miss anything. You know, maybe the hip injury is has been solved I was always against getting someone else to, to kind of come in, and, and we've seen that happen way too many times with this team. Let go of a kicker. Kicker ends up having a you know 30-year career. Um, <laughs> it seems like half of the half the kickers in the NFL kicked for us at some point. Um, but I think he's back. I mean, he's I'm, back, I'm but I, I still guy. I still kind of cringe. Want to see consistency. I still I'm cringe. still scared. I still cross my fingers every time he kicks <laughs> the ball. But um, I think he could be back. So there's two points I want to bring up. One is a quick point. I loved seeing on Thursday Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins rushing over to Alex to help him up and kind of just being more involved on the sideline, right? Like he looked 
like he's buying back into the team. And it might just be the hopeful guy in me, but like I think whatever issues, growing issues, maturity issues, whatever he had with the team and Ron, I feel like he is a man sort of took an outside view on it. It was like, you know what? I could probably improve my mentality a little bit better. And I liked seeing that. The second thing I want to bring up to you is comeback player of the year because the current debate is Alex Smith versus Ben Roethlisberger. Alex Smith, for the obvious reasons, gruesome injury, out for 700 days, whatever, comes back, and he's playing when nobody thought he would even be alive, let alone walking, whatever. But then Ben Roethlisberger misses the entire year, elbow surgery, comeback, and you're undefeated. Like that, that's a good argument for comeback player of the year. I'm going to say Alex should get it because the injury was that much more gruesome than an elbow injury. But then everyone was saying Ben would never be able to pass again and they're undefeated. So, yeah, I mean, I think it definitely goes to Alex. Um, I mean, yeah, they were fighting for his leg, right? Possibly a possible amputation. Then they're fighting for his life. And now the guy's playing football again. That's an incredible story. I mean, it, it, it's really something that doesn't matter who, who, which team you're a fan of. You can look to that for inspiration. Right. Uh, but with I, I Ben, think, nothing changed on the Steelers except Ben coming back, and they're undefeated. I, I don't think it matters about wins and losses. I think it matters about, in this case, about how big of a story it was and how big of an accomplishment it is to be back on the field. And then... Not only that, it's not like he just, you know, took a snap, took a knee down, et cetera, right? It, it's he's actually. I don't want to draw the parallel to Ryan Shazier because that injury was was horrific, and what he's gone through is is amazing. But if he were to come back, and I would say even play like you know one snap, I would give him, you know, comeback player of the year. And I think that's the same with with Alex in yep, this situation. Yeah, and inspiration alone, it goes to Alex absolutely. Yeah, with Big Ben, I mean, it was a, it was a, a, a it was just an elbow, right? Right. I mean, it, it was from what in, I've in seen. In a normal it, year, it, sure. Big ben. Any other year without Alex coming back, absolutely. But from what I've heard, like it, it was a significant enough elbow injury where they didn't think he was going to be able to throw anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Let's put a bow on the show. Um, what are your predictions for Steelers Washington football team Monday night, 5 p.m.? I think we come out slow, unfortunately, and I think we fall behind, I want to say, two touchdowns by halftime. But I also see the resiliency of the team sort of showing up. And by the end of the fourth quarter, it's going to be one of those games where we've figured something out and it becomes a lot closer of a game. And I want to say 28-21 Steelers. That's a pretty close game. I'm going to say what we say every Sunday when we're watching a game and it's the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the last two minutes. I think the football team... Probably doesn't get it done. I think we make it closer than what a lot of people think. I think we lose by four. 
Uh, I'm going to say 28-24 Steelers. Uh, see, now with you saying that, that just gave me like a like a, a vision of us having a late fourth quarter touchdown drive to take the lead, but leaving too much time on the clock. And Big Ben does what Big Ben does or what any elite quarterback would do. Or what Matt Stafford did two weeks ago. Exactly. And just kind of drive down the field, yep. points on the board, loss. Ah, oh, yep. God, I would hate that I can so see much. That. I can absolutely see that. I would hate that so much. Every Washington game comes down to the last two minutes this year, so we'll see. The NFC East is in reach. The football team is doing better. Ron's vision is coming through. I think um, I think the future is bright. I think there are a lot of bright spots. There's a lot of young talent on the team. We actually we're actually seeing playmakers on the team. I think the future is bright. I think it may take another year or so until we're we're really like a good to maybe elite team, but I think we're on the right track. FP, it's been fun. This has been LP. This is DTC. Check out all our content at Defeat the Curse on Twitter and on all your social media platforms. We are out.